The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Sounds of the Heart with Sandy Goldstone. When we heed the call and say yes to live from the truth of our hearts, we accept the invitation to deeply relax, trust, and let go of fear, control, struggle, suffering, and separation. Now, here is your host, Sandy Goldstone. Hello, lovelies. Welcome to this week's episode of Sounds of the Heart. As your host, I am delighted to have your beautiful presence and heart's vibration join with mine. As we listen, share and explore in this hour together, I invite us all to join together as one conscious global heart as we take a deep breath in and relax out with a sound. Ah. To gently ground our being in calm stillness. Meeting ourselves in love, as love, what we always are now. Ah, and it's so wonderful to feel our hearts become part of the one unified field of love through the breath. Thank you for joining me again today, wherever you are, whatever time it is for you, wherever you are on the planet, your presence is celebrated and know that you are greatly welcomed. So I would like to introduce my beautiful friend, Hayley Weatherburn, who is our guest today. Hayley is passionate and is the passion behind self-guided empowerment, an organization that endeavors to teach people to find the answers within. Author of two self-development books is Your Fork in Tune and her more recent one, How to Stop Your Depression. After suffering from depression, she promised to share the secrets of how to escape the dark abyss if she made it out. No longer experiencing depression, she is now sharing her insights and realizations with anyone who wants to make that journey out of depression. Haley's ultimate dream is to teach people to fall deeply in love with who they are because she believes if we all loved ourselves fully, then there would be no jealousy wars or hate and you can find her latest book at www.howtostopyourdepression.com or follow her on Facebook at Self-Guided Empowerment. Welcome Hayley. Welcome, thank you, thank you, such an honour. 
And it's so wonderful to have you as a guest on Sounds of the Heart and to join our global community and share in this conversation with us today. And um, it's a really interesting topic and it's one that is is readily talked about and people often share their experiences of feeling depressed or having periods of depression. And we're going to invite a new conversation today and to perhaps look at it from the light of our being and maybe that this is the way our soul is calling forth in us to be more authentic and real and honest in how we're showing up and how we're not just these separate little beings having this personal experience and um, that there's something bigger that is inviting us to see ourselves connected with all things. So can you share what it was that first inspired you to write the book? Yes, I would love to. Uh, It was, I actually remember when the concept of this book was born. Um, I was walking alongside my father who um, was feeling extremely helpless, uh, who um, wanted to help me while I was experiencing my depression. And I didn't know a way out. I, uh, you know, it's, depression is one of those things. Unless you have felt it, it's very hard to explain it to someone. And um, I, was, I said to my father, I said, he said, how can I help you? And I said, I don't know. And I said, I don't even know how I'm going to get out of here. Um, I said, but I know that from this a book will be born because if I get myself out of this, I promise that I will help others to get out of this what feels like an absolutely, uh, it's a, a bottomless pit that doesn't seem like it has any way out. And it's, it's um, yeah, and to be in that position was extremely frightening thinking that was this it for the rest of my life? Was I, am I going to just have to live this way? And so, yeah, it was in that moment that I promised that if I found a way out that I would write a book and share it with as many people as I could. Mm-hmm. So that is what inspired me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the impetus was your father's question and you're not being able to answer how it was that he could help you or support you, but you felt that impetus within you and that that desire, even from that place of not knowing that you were going to, it was going to birth something within you, which is quite miraculous in itself when you're saying that you felt like you were in this dark tunnel and you didn't feel like there was a way out, but there was some kind of spark of of creativity that was there, even in that place, to just go, but this is what's possible. I'm, I'm mm. you know, this is what's going to be born from this. Mm, Extraordinary. <laughs> it is, it is. If I, if I look back and really feel into that moment, I, there was a knowing. There was a knowing. I didn't, I didn't fully believe it myself, um, but there was a knowing that if I had, fallen into this depth of depression um you know previously I I experienced depression um I use that word specifically rather than suffered from depression but um I experienced depression for about 
12 months, just over 12 months. And prior to that, I had, if someone had said to me that they were depressed, I didn't quite understand it. And so, um, yeah, to, to really experience it and then to what seemingly I felt I just suddenly fell into this hole without knowing any way to get out, I was just like, if I, had, if I have not experienced depression before, then surely I can get back there. But I just, I just didn't know how to connect the pieces and I didn't know how to get out. And, and so it was, it was just a knowing. It was partly, you know, a desperation of hope that there was a way out. And, um, but, yeah, I was like after feeling it and feeling that, that disconnection from life, um, I had sudden huge empathy for everyone in the world that was experiencing that disconnection. And I was like, if, if I can get a way out, I need to help others find a way out for themselves. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you had been already um, being a coach. You were the passion behind self-guided empowerment and which was about teaching people to find the answers within themselves. So, you know, I'm really um, amazed and curious at how life kind of brings us these opportunities to grow and expand within ourselves and our soul's growth and expansion and it invites us into these kind of dances with these kind of darker shadow aspects of um, what it means to be human and having this divine experience. Um, And so, yeah, really, really interesting that before you weren't able to connect with people that were saying that they were having the experience of depression. And so um, what better way to be able to have that empathy and that compassion and understanding by having that experience of yours for yourself. Mm-hmm. And what grace that is. I'm just like, that is just such grace. Mm, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's um I'm actually very grateful for my experience um, because it's allowing me to really connect through the heart, which is what this radio program is about, is is connecting through the heart to people. Because there is an intellectual way to look at depression, and I find that's that can be um, at times um, trying to reach across an abyss and it's not hitting, it's not reaching anyone. And so to come from the space of falling in and and living in that hole, living with that dark shadow, that cloud over you, in you, around you, um, in between you and life, um, it's 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 been it's been a blessing. And I actually remember because it was, you know, it was I was in denial that I had depression for a long time. Um, I I remember it was after I published my first book. It was about three days after the book launch is what I sort of have pin, pinpointed and maybe it started before then but um, of when I fell into what felt like the beginnings of depression but I, I, I had written a book about, you know, what you can believe in your life and how you can change your reality. I was in denial that I could ever experience depression as I'm sure many people experience. There's, there's doctors, lawyers, there's spiritual gurus, everyone, you know, it, it's it's not discriminatory depression, <laughs> definitely not. No, not at all, <laughs> not at all. I mean, I you know I've had like I, I would say that I've experienced it and and um, I've noticed it that you know when I don't allow myself to fully 
experience and feel um, experiences that have had me feel deeply sad and um, and angry and I kind of repress that and suppress that. And also I claim it as mine because that's what I see liberates us is that when we let go this ownership because it's it's part of the collective consciousness. It's not personal to any anybody. Um, it's life appearing as this in this moment. So it's like if I can let go that ownership and this idea that this is me and this is mine, then it kind of it dissolves it and it creates a different kind of space for us to meet it without that kind of um, fear and judgment or this idea that oh my god I'm in the helping profession and I'm like this this teacher and so what does that say about me Mm. and it's like it doesn't say anything about us we're human we have the whole of the spectrum to experience because life is wanting to experience itself and it's infinite and we we you know on this human plane we are in a we are in that place of duality Mm, exactly and it's 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 not that uh, the words I guess I use are that we're not a broken human we're not broken there is there is there's actually nothing wrong with us I use the description of it's like um we're 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 a plane and we have a dashboard and we have lights and for a long time we've been subconsciously and maybe you just we've just been so distracted by other things that we haven't noticed lights going off for so long. And then all of a sudden the complete dashboard goes blank and you have no connection with the outside world, no warning system, no anything. And then that's where that's, that disconnection happens. It's, you know, I don't see it as we're a broken human. I see it as we've, we've gone the wrong way for a long time and now we don't know how to get back or we need to we need to look at life in a completely different paradigm to that we've ever li- looked at it before um, for us to get out and that that can often be very challenging for for some people and hence why you feel like there is no way out um, but yeah I don't believe that we're a broken human I don't believe um, you know there can be there can be physical um, things that can lead us to it but I, I do believe that um, from it, from my own experience that there is always a way out but it's unique to each individual. Depression is not one partic- one pill fix all or one particular thing. We're completely unique to individuals and I talked about it recently in a, <clears throat> a small video um, that we're multidimensional beings and it's actually how we have to approach depression is in that multidimensional aspect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how easy is it for one to read your book, Hayley? I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in not using big words if I don't need to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I just, I believe if we can say it simply, say it simply. So um, <clears throat> I wrote this book really straightforward and you know a lot of people in my last book um, I got a lot of compliments saying it just felt like I was sitting next to them having a conversation Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason why I wrote this book is interestingly um, once when I experienced depression I didn't want to go near my other book I felt that it was too high a vibration per se um, 
for me to even go and look at it. it was it was it was like I was down in the bottom of the pit and that book was right up the top and I for me to read it and feel it I needed to get out of the hole but I'm like I need to write a book for people that can read while they're in the hole mm-hmm. while they're experiencing depression um, and so I needed to write it from that frequency and so I've kept it simple um, I even state a couple of times to just take it easy I remember just getting out of bed was difficult some days and so I say read a paragraph if that's enough then have just just let that absorb um, every step you take you're subconsciously doing some some um, goodness towards healing yourself so don't be so hard on yourself don't put pressure on yourself if you find that you can't even read one chapter or you can't even read a page it's okay just just read something see what um, stands out for you even if you have to just flick through the book and land on a page and maybe there's something on that page specifically for you um, yeah I've written it I've, my um, intention was to write it so that um, even in, in that darkness you can find um, some answers and lightness in it as you go through it. Yeah, and I, I think it's really important for us to remember that, you know, the darkness is, is also um, enfolded with the light, that we're not, like, we're not lot, lost in this total total darkness without any light to, to guide us because um, it's, it's the, it is the absence of light that creates the shadow and it is the existence of light that enables one to see the shadow. So mm. even in your conversation with your dad when you were saying, oh, and I'm going to write a book about this, there was something within you that was already kind of, um, seeing the spark of hope with just in that statement that there was mm. something beyond that moment that was greater than what it was that you were experiencing in that moment. And so it's really important for us to remember that even though there appears that it is only the darkness, we cannot see the darkness ex- but for the light. So it's it's really mm. important to see that within our hearts and our souls. And sometimes when life brings us experiences that kind of strip away our ideas of how we thought life was and how we saw ourselves in relation to that can leave us feeling very disorientated and depressed. Mm. Depressed yeah. because it pulls within us. Uh, mm. a deeper inquiry and a deeper seeing of something that we weren't necessarily paying attention to. Mm, exactly. And, and I, get this, I get this visual when you explain that. Um, the fact that you feel so bad, the fact that you are feeling it, um, is the indication that your pilot light is still on. So as, as dark, as disconnected to life you feel, the awareness of the disconnection, is your pilot light still on? So the pilot light, like that feeling and you, you knowing that this is not how life should be, I shouldn't, why do I feel so disconnected? Why, what, the fact you're asking yourself these questions, the fact, the fact that you have this awareness that you are so disconnected 
is, um, I don't know if you've ever seen a, um, a pilot light on a, a gas stove or a, a pilot light just sitting there, it doesn't really light a room. A pilot light is just this sort of blue, very, very vague flame, but it's there and all you need is some gas and some energy to, to ignite it even further and it becomes more light and the darkness is gone. But your pilot light still exists. It's still on and it will... Um, and it's that pilot light that this book will help um, increase the flame, increase the light. It'll, the book will give you, um, there's eight steps in the book and it'll give you pieces that will help give the gas to that flame to help bring more and more light into your life so that you can see it. But it is, it's just the, the awareness that something's wrong shows you that your pilot light is still on. So there's, mm-hmm. the light is still there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. So how difficult was it for you to write the book as the subject matter was so close to your heart and your experience? I think I think I was always determined to get it out. I think the first challenge for me even before I wrote the book was even admitting I had depression. Um, you know, say finally becoming, acknowledging it, I think that was one of the most hardest things because that... In today's society, it's like putting a label on yourself and saying I'm a broken human. Um, that's how I felt at the time. I don't see that anymore. Um, but writing the writing the book, writing a book is like for me. Um, you know, I don't have any children yet, but <laughs> um, I see it as birthing a child, birthing mm-hmm. a, a um, you know, I have one, and and now this one. It is. It's still sharing something deep. It's, it's sharing your beliefs and sharing your, your um, heart and soul. And so it's, it's nerve-wracking. Um, but at the same time, I really strongly believe that it's, it will help bring light to others. So the actual journey of writing it, I think it wasn't because by the time I was ready to, I, I think I'd always accepted it. So it wasn't too challenging. What it was challenging was making sure that it was simple that I was covering everything that I did so that everyone has those pieces information um for themselves but it's it's a it's an ongoing journey and I'm I'm you know yeah the um you know the journey of sharing it with people is also very sensitive because there is naturally um uh, there is a stigma around how depression is or what depression is and um I am challenging it in a way because I'm saying that you can heal yourself. And for those that have experienced it for 20 years, um, you know, it's almost, it can almost feel like, um, I don't know, here comes someone saying they can fix it and I've experienced it for 20 years. I don't believe it. Like it, it's, so I, I can get challenged and that can be um, tough. But the, the most rewarding thing is when I see people who have, um, stop experiencing depression after 20 years and watch their life. Um, I, I, I was fortunate enough to, to see a beautiful soul um, still experiencing depression and then only through six months um, of healing um, with the same approaches that I talk about in the book to see her actually experience um, the freedom from depression for the first time in 20 years. I think the first thing she did was she was so angry that it, um, you know, had taken her so long 
and angry at the system for telling her that she, you know, um, she couldn't get off the antidepressants. They weren't, they were happy to prescribe her antidepressants, but they, she had found a big challenge on even getting off them because no one wanted to help her from slowly getting off them. But, um, yeah, just I, I diversed a little bit, but I, I basically, um, yeah, to see people that have experienced it for 20 years and then to, to it's, it's encouraging to know that what I'm sharing really can help people. And that, that's, what, that's, what I, that's what I hold on to in this journey is that um, it may not help everyone, but I know that it's going to help. Um, it's going to help some people and that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And and it is it is that um, opportunity, but it can be very confronting when we have identified ourselves as being a certain way, or it's almost like there's something that becomes quite comfortable with it in over a twenty year period, and there's this um, this is part of who I am, and so kind of breaking your attachment and your mm. idea of that is is quite um, challenging and confronting and to also kind of um, see something as possible outside outside of that and letting go this idea that I'm not my thoughts and I'm not my feelings is a huge one mm, mm, it is it's I've seen people that have have made depression yeah a piece of them and that's that's uh, that's why one of the reasons why I you'll hear me use I experience depression um when you say I suffer from or I have it's like this it's a piece of me like I have an I have a heart I have depression it's a piece of me whereas um it was one of the very first things I talk about in the book is is starting to have a paradigm shift about it all and one of the most simplest things you can do is just change the language on it. So from um, I suffer from but to I experience depression. Um, and what it does is it, it suddenly gives you this little freedom, this, this tiny word change can give you this freedom that you're experiencing it. You're experience, like you experience wind across the face, you're experiencing depression. And you could be experiencing it to the 100%, like you could be feeling it that much, but it is not you. Um, and as, and, and, but if you have for 20 years had that belief that it is a piece of you and that it will always be a piece of you, to come across and change that can be very challenging Um and so, yeah, there is, there is, um, that can be painful to just even attempt that, but, um, painful in that it's almost like, um, why have I let myself, um, experience it for so long when I could be changing it? But that's, you know, I can't answer the, I can't answer the, you know, why so long, but if you're in the present moment, if this has come across you, if you're hearing this and if you're, you know, maybe there's a, a, a an opportunity for you to now shift that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's all about our perception, and and um, when we let go and we see that everything is just an experience arising in the moment. So depression is no greater or no less. I think it's when the mind grades on a curve and goes, "This is more spiritual to have," or "This is better to have," and life just sees everything as neutral. 
And so, you know, the human goes, I want more of this, I want less of that. And it, for me, it's the avoidance or the clinging onto that creates that um, force and intensity to, to gather in its momentum. And then that's all we focus on. And then if I believe I am something, then I have to act it out as if it's true. So if I have this idea that I am depressed or this is me, then I have to make it walk and talk as if that is a reality. So mm. it's really important for us to shift our thinking and just go, this is part of the experience that I'm having as part of the experience of life that I'm having in this moment. And this is just life appearing as this in this moment. And so I can just maybe create some space and to just feel it and dance with it differently. Okay, mm. lovelies, it's time for us to take a short break. This is Sandy Goldstone, and my guest is Hayley Weatherburn, and you are listening to Sounds of the Heart with Sandy Goldstone on Voice America, 7th Wave Channel. Stay tuned, and we'll be back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Sandy Goldstone wants to help you start your true self journey. Sandy works with all issues and ages for individuals, couples, and groups. She is a spiritual teacher and holistic counselor of the Heart's Way in Perth, Australia. It's time to gift yourself with knowing your own lightness of being, beauty, and truth. You can feel relaxed, loving, wise, joyful, and peaceful, whatever your experiences have been or what challenges you are currently facing. Are you ready? Let's do it. Say yes and call or contact Sandy Goldstone in Australia on 011-61420-399-287 or reach out to her on Facebook at Sandy Grace Goldstone and start your true self journey. Right now, Sandy is offering a special gift. Mention the radio show, Sounds of the Heart, and receive a 40% discount on each of your first two 90-minute Skype sessions. That's just $99 to start your true self journey with Sandy Goldstone. For more information or to receive this special offer, email soundsoftheheart at hotmail.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to the Sounds of the Heart. To find out more about our program, visit Sandy's website at soundsoftheheart.com.au. Again, that's soundsoftheheart.com.au. Now, back to Sounds of the Heart with Sandy Goldstone. And we are back, lovelies, with Sounds of the Heart on the Seventh Wave channel of Voice America. And I'm your host, Sandy Goldstone, talking with my guest, Hayley Weatherburn. Now, in your book, Hayley, you talk about, and I this is why I entitled the episode for this week, Celebrating the Darkness of Depression with the Light I Am, because Indigenous cultures have a very different approach to seeing 
what we class in the West as mental illness and depression. So would you like to speak to that? I would love to. <clears throat> I found it very interesting and fascinating that um, there's an article uh, you can you can read on the website if you actually um, read on the internet, sorry, um, about mental illnesses as a celebration. Um, in the African cultures, there's a there's a shaman. His um, his name's Doctor Maladoma Patrice Soma, and I may be saying that incorrectly. Um, but he was a, is a shaman in Africa, and he was in uh, America actually, um, coming and studying. And he he went and visited a mental ward, and when he went to the mental ward, he could see that there was um, a a struggle between the the the. the the human, the physical human, and um, the spirit world, and he could see. He he found it fascinating that we had separated these these humans, or what they call as healers, to, that are coming coming through, um, and just um, locking them away and and um, suppressing them with drugs or uh, telling them that they're broken, there's something wrong. When in actual fact, if you if you take um, if you go into the African tribes, they believe that depression is something to celebrate because you it's a healer being born. A connection to your soul's purpose, a connection to your soul journey is is being uncovered. It's not pleasant, it's not um, wonderful, but if you approach it in the way that something amazing is birthing. I mean, when we look at labor, a, a, a child coming through, one of the most blissful moments of creating a human being that pro that process I'm sure many mothers can vouch is not a pleasant process um in in the birthing process and that is what's happening um in, in the beliefs of the some African tribes this specifically one is the Dagara tribe in Africa and they believe that um a healer is being born so they celebrate and they approach it in a different way and it talks more about how he brought, um, with permission, a, a young boy. He was, I think he was 18. He'd attempted on his life a few times. He, you know, he was claimed that he was, um, he had a mental illness, that he was um, ultimately depressed. And so he he wanted to experiment and bring this, this young boy and bring him to the African tribe and treat him the way they treat their um, tribe's people Um when they experience depression and he you know they they um initiated him into the healer realm into the shaman realm and within 12 months he no longer um experienced depression because there was no um suppression to it it just was allowed to birth through and he and the young young boy ended up staying there for four years because he he ended up being a healer um in the tribe and then he did eventually go back to america but it just shows that if we switch the paradigm, we change the way we're looking at something, we look at it from a different angle, it can truly bring freedom to the moment that you're in. And that's, that's the approach that I decided to take um, is that there has to be a better way. I have to look at this from a different way. And if it, I, I can imagine because I, I remember um, – experiencing depression if someone had said this to me that it's a celebration I'd probably want to 
hit them in the head and say you have no idea what you're talking about. This is not celebration. <laughs> um, <laughs> this does not feel like a time to celebrate. Um, but I can see that if you take this heaviness that you are broken and switch it with you are birthing a new journey, a new purpose in your life, there's a freedom, a, a chance to breathe. And you talk about um, the breath at the beginning of the call about, you know, connecting with your breath. It's this opportunity to really allow whatever is birthing to come through um, yeah, and it's um, so I, I, it's something that I chose to um, take that approach, and of and for me that has obviously worked in a way. So it's about looking at it in a different way, looking at your situation differently. Yes. So, mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's kind of talking about you know seeing the being as whole, so aligning the the divine with the human, and seeing it as a spiritual. Um, rebirth in some ways and so it's letting go those kind of stories and practices that uh, have us feel afraid to feel life and the fullness of life and so we wouldn't be just so quick to just swallow um, a pill that we're prescribed or to you know we're so fervent in our efforts to hide and deny and repress our um, intense feelings and that they get acted out sideways and so we we're either kind of avoiding them or wanting to you know numb ourselves out with drugs and alcohol and sex and other avoidant activities and but if we were open to seeing life calling forth in us a greater sense of ourselves and that this is the way in which we can get in contact with our deep pain of feeling disconnected from our true authentic self and to invite that in from a place of curiosity and go, oh, wow, this is just like a, a deeper expansion that, that life is opening me up to experiencing myself and engaging with the whole of life and what gifts are going to be um, made known to me through that process. Mm, mm, exactly. When you t- allow that, what what can I learn from this? What is the silver lining from this? And, you know, you, you may not see it at start with, but allowing that inquiry to sit in your subconscious will allow the shift to happen and will allow that freedom of, you know, and it's it's almost like, you know, I can hear some people probably going, that's just, you know, that's really way out. You know, I'm definitely not experiencing that. But what if this works? For me, in my experience, taking a new paradigm, getting up, I like to have this analogy of, you know, if you, you at the front of a TV, you get up and imagine the TV, you can actually go and walk around and walk behind the TV. If you're looking at it and you can see people staring at this box and they're staring at it for hours, but you're looking at it from the back and you're like, why are people staring at a black box? Because you have no idea that there's actually a screen on the other side. But you're looking at the back of this and I go, why can people spend so much time watching this black box? There's just cords and holes and things at the back of it. But you have to get up and look at your life from another angle and go, oh, my gosh, there's a whole other world at looking at this. And so taking this new paradigm and taking this new way of looking at depression 
allows you to see a whole nother world in the screen um, because you're stepping up and walking around going, oh, my God, I've been looking at the back of the TV for so long. No wonder. Now I understand there is another way to look at it. Um, yeah, that's just a sort of a – I'm a very visual person and I like to give this analogy is that um, looking at life mm-hmm. differently, sometimes, sometimes we have to trust that it might sound ludicrous. It doesn't it, – it doesn't um, – it doesn't uh, register in our current understanding of knowledge. You know, we do not know what we don't know. So if there's a trust that has to happen. Mm-hmm. And so my, my piece is that in this book, I'm coming from a place that I, I, I these are the steps I took. Um, and some of them might sound ludicrous. Some of them may not register in your, your knowledge, but... I trusted and I kept following this intuition and taking this approach that something amazing is being birthed. And um, it gave me, you know, I now no longer experience depression and have uh, as long as those eight steps I I cover and I'm always um, in those inquiries, I believe that I will never experience depression again. And so it's, yeah, it's just, it's it's having that trust of like, okay, let's look at this from a different angle. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the time you realised you no longer experienced depression. Mm. This, this moment, um, it, it brings tears to my eyes actually. Um, I, I, I share this story with a few people. During the time I experienced depression, I would listen to a song by M- Michael Bublé called Feeling Good and I know it's a remake but that song that he sings is just really powerful. But while I was experiencing depression, I would remember driving down the highway to work, crying. I think my mascara was running. I think, you know, I was just a mess. I was crying. I was screaming. And he, he sings about feeling good. And I was far from feeling good. And I, I used to swear at Michael B. I'm like, I, you know, I want to feel good. It was I would keep listening to that song because it's where I wanted to be. I wanted to feel good again. But this, this, it was just such a painful process, but I would listen to it and eventually, you know, I'd, I'd feel, I wouldn't feel as angry or upset and I'd keep listening to it. Anyway, I, I fast forward to, uh, look, it's only uh, a couple of years ago now, is that I, um, I had the opportunity to go and watch Michael Bublé in Bangkok and with a couple of friends. And um, I, ended up, we, I ended up getting to meet him just very quickly, briefly, mm-hmm. just before, before the show and I was just mm-hmm. in awe. And then I had this moment. He sang the song on stage and I burst into tears. I was like, my life has come full circle I am feeling good in fact I'm feeling beyond my imagination I could have ever imagined during experiencing depression here I am I'm meeting Michael Bublé he's singing that song on stage feeling good and I was even more than just feeling good and I could scream it and I could resonate with it and I I get really emotional because I'm like I remember in those moments of listening to that song thinking it's never going to happen and, he, and and now. So that moment of just realising I did it, I can share this now, I can give this, 
this this gift to people because I want everyone to feel as amazing as I do listening to this song um, with Michael Bublé serenading it. To me, there was thousands of people in the <laughs> concert, but you know, <laughs> it was it was for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and that's so beautiful how life kind of brings us those gifts as as rewards for you know when we go through really um, you know dark nights of the soul and stuff and. But what I find, you know, amazing in itself is that there was something within you that was still reaching out for the possibility of feeling good again, that you would play that song around yourself. And perhaps that was the gateway to um, allow the sadness and the anger to come forth because, you know, we know that we don't, we cut our sense of well-being off um, within ourselves when we kind of suppress and we judge feelings as not being okay and that we can't have access to express them or um, express them in the way in which they feel that they want to be expressed. And we must, you know, we need to do that um, wisely for ourselves and others. It's not for us to kind of create harm and suffering to others, but it's really important for us to really acknowledge those places and spaces and those experiences that have had us feel sad and angry and and desperate and desolate and Mm. isolated and disconnected because that's when the light gets to shine through and we get to see that even in those times the light was always within us and around us and present Mm. exactly Look, there's, there's the, the point of um, uh, approaching it from having that, that hope, like having the hope that there is a better way and letting that sort of lead it. But through that, you need to release all those trapped emotions. You need to acknowledge, oh, my gosh, I am so angry because, oh, my gosh, I'm so, you know, those emotions that have been suppressed and disconnected will come out. That's often what happens is the people, because during depression I felt so numb. Um, and then I did, you know, in, in one of my steps I talk about find your healer and, and, and it will come in many forms and I've seen many different healers from many different dimensions of my different bodies I talk about in the book. Um, and through one of those, each time something is released, uh, an emotional um pain, a, a, a trauma, um, and every time a little bit of that is released, more light can come in. And I think for me, the feeling good song was just one example of a little anchor to say, just a, a trust, a hope, and a, it was a universal thing. I know that life can be better than this, and I see that's where I'm headed, but also acknowledging what has, you have to go through it, you have to release the pain you have to feel what's been suppressed and um, something that you've ignored for a long time. So it's not a pleasant process, but I have to say it's better than I could have ever imagined on the other side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, the, and that's also another thing that we need to shift our thinking around is that life always has to be honky-dory and fluffy and light and everything. It's not. Um, it can be a bloody mess and it can be mm. really painful, but life itself is coming back for every part of itself and whatever we have disowned within ourselves, that is what we get to meet 
within those experiences and it's like, uh uh-uh. And this also is part of who and what we really are. And so everything gets included. Nothing is left out because love is the only thing that can embrace everything as it is in the moment because it doesn't judge. It just sees everything as neutral. It doesn't grade on a curve because Mm. it's, because it's part of it. So, you know, life, the mystery is meeting itself as, as this in this moment. So it's like, it's just coming from that place of friendly curiosity. It goes, Oh, so I'm experiencing myself as this in this moment. This is me in my infinite expression. Mm, mm. And I think a lot, I think as soon as you give yourself permission to feel crap, big part of the energy dissipates. Yes. And you go, uh, you know, I have a very small example of that. I remember one day I, I just, I was, I was, I was in Darling Harbour walking around thinking this in Sydney, Australia, and I, I was, I was like, why am I feeling so crap? Why, you know, and I, I was getting down on myself. I should be feeling happy. And then all of a sudden I was like, okay, no, I'm stop being so hard on myself. Okay, today I'm feeling crap and I'm allowed to. And, I, and, and for a moment I allowed myself to have a little cry and then all of a sudden I was fine. And then I had mm-hmm. the most amazing day because I gave myself permission rather than suppressing it going, you can't be upset right now, you should be enjoying life, you should be happy, you should be this. We all should on ourselves a lot. Um, I allowed it to come through and it dissipated so quickly that I was soon happy and I was like, oh, my gosh, all I had to do was to acknowledge the emotion and allow it to come through, not suppress it. And and that and in experiencing depression and, and breaking through that, the first piece is to don't be so hard on yourself. If you feel crap, allow yourself to have those days in bed and cry and be sad about whatever has happened or allow the trauma to come through and, yeah, yeah, it's, it's be kind to you is, is the important message. Mm-hmm. Be kind to you as you would a, a child that's, mm-hmm. that's feeling down. Mm-hmm. So mm. take the time to, to be gentle and caring and loving towards that which is requiring the, inte- the attention in the moment. That's bringing mm. our, our attention to what's present. So, you know, your ultimate dream is to teach people to fall deeply in love with who they are. Because you believe that if we love ourselves fully, there would be no jealousy, wars, or hate. And do you see that as a correlation with depression, those kinds of actions and behaviors, when we don't kind of allow ourselves to um, feel those um, feelings of jealousy or resentment, which is part of the human you know, um, spectrum, um, mm-hmm. when we don't kind of have that deep connection of I am love, this is who and what I am, and we stop kind of judging and labeling and saying I should, I must, I have to, do you think that is what enables us to kind of celebrate the darkness of depression? I think in some ways, yes, but I know for a fact if someone told me to love myself while I was experiencing depression, I would have run the other way. 
I think because <clears throat> on the spectrum of things, I feel depression is at the far end of darkness and love is the far end of lightness. So to move yourself gradually towards that um, up the scale is being kind to yourself with no expectation that tomorrow you're going to love yourself unconditionally. But all it is is taking, being, being really kind to yourself, just, just doing actions that, you know, an action is um, giving yourself permission to eat, an, you know, something healthy rather than um, something unhealthy is being kind to you. Just the small actions will move you towards the light. And then ultimately you may be ready to emotionally face that yourself in the mirror and look yourself in the eyes and say, I love you unconditionally. Um, but I, I, I definitely know for me in my experience, if someone had told me to do that from the beginning, I just I just would have run the other way. Um, so it, it's a gradual process, but I definitely see that's the direction that it, it, it is, is, you know, and maybe for you, you might be able to do that is even just even having eye contact with yourself in the mirror and pretending you're looking at your two-year-old self and just be kind to you. If you can do that, then start doing that when you can. If you, if you still find that a little bit difficult, then just start with the smaller tasks of I'm going to go for a 15-minute walk out in nature in the light where there's some light um, and that's being kind to me. I'm going to have a cry now because right now that's what my emotional body is really needing, some nurturing and some crying. So... Um, Every little minuscule thing that you can do that moves you closer and closer towards falling in love with who you are is is definitely the way. But I don't I I don't want to put that pressure on anyone that's experiencing depression to even contemplate it to start with because it may be too much. It just may be and an too much for you to face right now. Um, so yeah, it's just taking the baby, taking not even baby steps. It's just taking the the kind steps of what you are ready. As I said, depression is a unique um, concoction for every individual, um, and so it needs to be approached in their own unique way. And that's what I talk about in the book: um, mm -hmm. finding your own way, because there is no one one quick fix. Mm -hmm. So in a way, it's a beautiful gift for us to rediscover our uniqueness and how. Um, our soul is here to express itself uniquely in in the God self that it is. So, Haley Love, can you um, just briefly let us know how the listeners can get in contact with you to find out more about your book and um, and where they might contact you to just kind of have a chat? Yeah, sure. If you head over to um, Facebook, I believe is the the best way to contact people these days, but. Self-Guided Empowerments um, is my page and you can message me there. I'm on there every day to check things. Um, I'm often putting um, inspiration on there or videos and things. So Self-Guided Empowerment on Facebook is where um, you can interact with myself um, and otherwise the book is found at howtostopyourdepression.com. Okay, thank you so much for being our guest today, mm, lovely Haley. Such an honour. Thank you so much, Sandy. Thank you, lovelies, for your heart's loving presence and gifting yourself with listening to how Haley was able to transform her experience with depression as she allowed herself to fall deeply in love with the whole truth of her being as she viewed it from the light within. Next week, I will invite us to reflect on what it means to follow the song of our hearts 
and how important honesty is to experiencing ourselves as limitless love in radical and revolutionary action. Until our hearts join together as one next week, I send you much love and blessings from my heart to yours. May your week be overflowing with all that you are always now. Love, joy and peace. I love you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Sounds of the Heart. Sandy Goldstone invites you to join her again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Connect to your own divine nature in the coming week and explore within.